Before this episode begins, just a quick reminder that we are not professionals in any way. The views, information or opinions expressed in this podcast are solely the views of the individuals involved and by no means represent absolute facts. Opinions expressed by the hosts and guests can change at any time. G'day listeners, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It. We are your hosts, Jacob. And Josh. For the first time on Let's Talk About It, we have with us a guest, Travis Spencer. Hello guys. With the daily needs of our responsibilities, it can often become difficult to put in the time for ourselves. What we would like to discuss is the importance of self-care, exercise and nutritional values that can help us appreciate our bodies and harness the full capacity of our capabilities. So, let's talk about it. So, tell us about yourself, Travis. What, do you, what is it that you do? Well, uh, currently I'm a... I'll, first, I better explain my voice before the listeners go, <laughs> what's this guy? Is he a smoker? <laughs> um, I'm actually, uh, we did a staff party and then we, and I was screaming, carrying on karaoke for two hours and I'm still getting my voice back. So just in, in advance, um, I apologize for that. Um, but back to your question, I now have uh, run the gym in Plus Fitness in Gawla. And uh, so, yeah, between personal training and running the, the gym, that is my life at the gym. So. Yeah. And the reason why I, I thought it was a good idea to bring you on was because I remember a couple of years ago when I was started going back to Plus Fitness, we were having awesome conversations. It was good to actually have a conversation with someone that was knowledgeable and had a truthful understandings of how nutrition and uh, exercise really works and not this uh, over-hyped idea of that you should be doing this, you should be doing that. It's just telling the truth about what our bodies are able to do and doing the exercises within the frameworks of what it is that we should be doing and that's what i really liked is that when we went deep into those conversations i got a lot lot of good knowledge out of you so that's that's good i mean that was like you said that was a couple of years ago and um and to be honest uh that's two years ago and then even to this day i'm still learning so (laughs) um and i'm sure we could have another conversation about that but um yeah, so it's it's a constantly evolving landscape. There's and there's new sciences coming through. There's new researches, and um, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I'm always learning. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Constant discovery. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. If you, people think they know it all, they they don't. Yeah, they don't. And uh, even the top trainers who I you know I follow and I know I read books. You know, they're constantly evolving and learning and I think you're a fool if you think you know everything about any particular skill. Absolutely. It's like the jiu-jitsu that I love to do. It's, um, you know, I've been doing that for 11 years and and I still feel like a white belt. Like I'm still learning, you know. (laughs) There's always that one guy that'll kick your ass. (laughs) 100%. 100% there is. 100%, yes. And often they're half your age, which is pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty humbling. Oh, um, well, look at you! You look very fit. You're a very fit person. For my age, I do all right. You look for very my good. age, I do all right. Um, How old are you? Go on, tell us. I'm 46 in January. Oh, it doesn't look yeah, a day. Yeah, doesn't yeah, look yeah. a day over 21. <laughs> <laughs> so, nah, well, and that's hopefully that's if I'm preaching, you know, good health and, and eating correctly and um, good sleeping habits, stuff like that. Um, I hope people can't just turn around and say, well, what would you know? You're young or, I mean, I'm nearly 46 and I'm still doing it and I'm still keeping up with the young ones to a degree. Um, So, and that's what I try to, yeah. I think that also shows, it's it's sustainable as well because I think a lot of people have 
a view on fitness that it's kind of like, oh, it's something that's going to take up too much of my time or it's it's too much and it's it's not sustainable. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of a miss a misinterpretation because it, it depends on what your goals are, how you want to go about it. I'm sure as a personal trainer, you would know a lot about uh, that. It's funny you say about sustainable sustainability because I, I say that as when people start their journey, I, I really encourage it. We've got to give you a plan that's sustainable. Yeah. Um, you know, the, unfortunately, there's a lot of PTs out there, especially if they get their client for the first time, they want to see what they want. They're dying to hear them how sore they are the next day. Yeah. Uh, whereas I have a different approach where I want them to walk away going, "Oh, I felt that," but they have a sense of achievement. Yeah. They wake up the next day and like, "Ooh." Yeah, I feel that a bit. Yeah. But they're not crippled. You know? <laughs> like, I don't want them on the toilet throwing a crap and then can't get up because of me, you know? <laughs> oh, so, they're cursing you on the toilet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's different. I mean, if you've been training for months and, yeah. and or if you want to be extended and that, that's a different story, then I'll, I'll push you to what your capabilities are. But, yeah, um, yeah you've got to be sustainable. And, and that's what I do. I mean, as I've gotten older, I've cut my. I used to do jujitsu six days a week, Far out, and and I love and I'd still do that if I could. Yeah. My body would allow it, but <laughs> I was getting a lot of injuries so much that so that my even my femur, uh, which is the strongest bone in your body, that was getting bruised because of all the trauma. So I had to scale it back, and it, it's the best thing I've done because now I'm, I'm less injured. I can still do what I love, and my performance really hasn't dropped. I've just had to find what's a sustainable model and yeah, yeah. it's okay. good that you're like listening listening to your body and understanding <laughs> it's only taken about 25 <laughs> years <laughs> yeah. better late than never yeah, 100%. yeah well in terms of like sustainability with the approach that i take for for like my methods of training is that like i only look at like the compounds and uh doing it one day a week, but pushing it to the absolute limit. So that way, I've noticed. So it's just, you've got to really listen to your body and understand that it's not, these are, yeah, they're little microscopic injuries on the, on the muscle that need to heal, but they're also microscopic tools that are working at those, fixing those problems and stuff. And it can take a good week to fix it. And, like uh, Dorian, Dorian Yates says, you know, if you've got a bloody hand, you don't want to keep cutting it up to make the callus bigger because the first callus hasn't even formed. You need, yeah. to, you need to be able to actually push it, let it heal, push it, let it heal, so that way you can build that thick, dense strength and 100%. keep going. 100%. And it goes back to your sustainability thing where people, you know, and I, and I do admire the fact when they start any, any exercise. So I see it in jiu-jitsu too, like people fall in love with the sport they go, oh my god and, and yeah. I, I get it but you know you can't you can't redline all the time you know you, you do your jiu-jitsu or you, you're doing um the gym work and it's you you're essentially going into the gym and breaking up the muscle Re- your recovery your sleep your food and that's where all your repair is mainly your sleep is such a high thing so um having a balance is is the key you know it's it's not about oh, i've got to go to in the gym six days a week and mm. you know the more i put in the more i get out that's not the case as no, you know so, absolutely yeah. yeah that's that's one of the main things that i have in terms of discussions with other people that are uh, you could say gym junkies and uh, they say i don't know how you only do it once a week and it's just like because i feel like the end goal for me is to get to where where it is that i want to be with like the way the way that i look and being in the gym six days a week just isn't going to help me get to that situation so i think i think if uh, people are going to train 
so much. I feel like they should do shorter sessions. And that's, and that's another thing, six days to seven days a week where people are like training two hours a day. Like where does your body actually get the time to heal and like yeah. re, rejuvenate itself? So if you're going to train like every day, I feel like it should be not with heavy weight. It should not It should be with moderate intensity because <laughs> you're not a machine you can't and That's eventually right. machines break down and they need and they need that uh, time to be you know lubed up fixed and ready to go again <laughs> that's right. and i mean that's it like if you continue down this path the consequences are not going to be microscopic no, <laughs> no. they're going to be a yeah, lot larger absolutely, yeah. and it, so it's like would you rather burn yourself out because then you're going to have a period where you're probably not going to be able to do anything. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, did you did you really benefit in the long run? Yes. If your goal is to be the best version of yourself, let's say size, mass, whatever, if you then pursuing that ends with you unable to pursue it any further, yeah, you're not achieving your goal. No. No. And if it's something you love, you'll be even you'll be yeah. emotionally affected too like it's like, it affects it's like your a mental bad, health, you bad breakup <laughs> <laughs> well I'd, I'd rather give up than give up gym <laughs> well, the, one, another thing is that like a uh, diet and stuff a lot of uh, people i'm sort of i'm sort of going into like people that are religiously going to the gym every day pushing it and then have these uh diets where they're pushing high amounts of proteins high amounts of carbohydrates and uh in the end it doesn't give off that nice look to themselves if they're if they're strength training and they feel like they're using a large so if they're using a surplus of fuel and they need to keep going and stuff but then they when you start to actually get more fat than muscle itself <laughs> well but it, it, it if you're a power lifter you want that uh, you need you need mass, mass, mass. yes 100 100 percent. and then you know the some of the guys who are the biggest guys in the gym are, are big guys you mm. know they shift a lot but it it depends what you want aesthetically. You yeah. Know? Like, that's not what I want. I, I can't move fast in my sport if I look like that. Yeah. Yeah. Jiu Jitsu would be a bit of a. Oh, yeah. Unless you're on top of the person. Oh, yeah. True, true, out. true. But you need to get there first. <laughs> and, you need, and your cardio needs to last. Yeah. Too, you know, so, um, yeah. So, what kind of, what got you started on this? The, the gym? Yeah. Uh, what, purchasing the gym? Or I mean, just my gym journey? So. Jim, because obviously you would have started somewhere and then you've had the aspiration to become a manager of a gym. Was that? Well, there's a few things I've always wanted to do. Yeah. I've always wanted to be a teacher, be a a gardener, a police officer, own a gym and own a video shop. I've done four out of those. Oh, far out. Bloody hell. (laughs) (laughs) Kicking goals. And and the other one I I, I did try, I got all the way to the end and the pre-recruitment um, interview for the police. Um, they decided I wasn't a, a, a suitable applicant, um, which was at the end a blessing in disguise because yeah. at the same time, that's when I was looking at the Plus Fitness Gym yeah. and I loved that too. And I thought, oh, do I really want to have my own business again? Because prior to that, I had Blockbuster for 13 years. Okay, if I And I thought, I'm done with have the headaches and the stress because I'm, I'm, I get emotionally invested in my businesses and I find it very hard to detach myself from it. So, because yeah. I want to give the best and, you know, say it's... Your, your thought, gym proves that point. Your gym and the people that are in your gym prove that point. Well, thanks, you've got, man. You've got I'm, a good gym and you've got good people in the gym. I'm and that's what makes it, yeah, makes it very much worth going there. Yeah. Every time. Oh, we're so lucky that the, the, the Gawler community is just... They're awesome. They're yeah. just awesome people. Yeah, and absolutely. We're, we're very lucky that we don't have the, any idiots and 
Well, that's why, I wear, that's why we're buying a house down in Goulburn now because the area is just so is. nice. It's the people are so nice. Yes. I love that. Yes. I yes. want to be around that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it has that country feel, but you're still close to everything. Yeah, like absolutely. It's a win-win. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so yeah, so with I, when I didn't get into police and I just kept pursuing this gym and then, um, yeah, and then yeah, I just, uh, yeah, decided to go for this one and then... Yeah. Um, Thought, that's another thing off my list yeah. <laughs> but, uh, not that i want to like tick it and go like yeah. I, I do love it and nothing beats that feeling of, of helping people yeah. So, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, that's good one of the questions some of the most com- common misconceptions that you find you're dealing with people and also some of the con- mis- uh, some of these conceptions can make people very stubborn into actually getting them to go further so what is it that you find that troubles people the most in terms of what they think they know um in regards to even just walking through the door for the first time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um simple thing that i think it's all that uh they know they think when they go in they're gonna have to smash it hard yeah off the get-go that's a massive misconception um whereas people are, are, are pretty surprised and when i give them a program it's like oh is that it so, yeah. <laughs> yeah i simply want you to come in warm up do these weight this this weight sequence for you know, probably twenty minutes, and I want you to leave. Yeah. And it's like, oh, cool, I can do that. Yeah. And um, and that's uh, that's what I love is because it helps create that routine and to even for them to get from their house, make that decision that I'm going to start the gym and then go to a, an intimidating or in their eyes an intimidating place with strangers working out. They think there's mirrors there. They think people are going to be looking at them. Um, they might not be self. They might be a bit self-conscious. So they're, they're thinking, you know, like, oh no, this is way too intimidating. And actually, when I give, when I talk to them, work with them a bit, and they see the environment, then it, that, it's like, oh, this is way better than I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be. So that is probably the biggest misconception that I that yeah. I experience is that they think it's all the gyms are the same, and there are big, there are gyms out there that are your big boy gyms, and, and that's great. I'm glad that. Those guys have got those places to go. Absolutely, that's not, yeah. our, that's not our demographic yeah. at yeah. our gym. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that, that's one. I could I could see that. I feel like uh, a lot of the people that I do talk to with uh, no experiences within the gym always say that I'm very uh, too insecure to be around those types of <laughs> types of people. Um, and uh, in terms that's of fair. like diet misconceptions, do you find that? There's a lot of misconceptions around diet because a lot of oh, there was this quote I saw. It was a uh, when dieting becomes a a popularity thing or like a a thing instead of just a lifestyle. Oh yes, and people make it more of an actual thing than just a lifestyle. Uh, is that one of the things that you would see? A lot of people uh, saying that I don't have time to diet, cook up all the time. And oh, then. yeah, there's plenty. There's, yeah, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it, you're right, it, it is part of my lifestyle. Part of my life is on a Sunday night for an hour, I'll stand on the barbecue and, and I'll meal prep. You know, yep. I'll cook a couple of kilos of kangaroo and a whole thing of vegetables and da 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 da. But do I enjoy doing that? No, not really. But <laughs> do I enjoy the end result of feeling good and feeling clean and um, and not having to buy lunch and during the week? Um, then it is worth it. But um, diet, yeah. I, I mean, even I've, I've, I'm approaching three years in the gym and 
now I hear I've heard so many different variations of diet <laughs> just in three years the yeah. keto and the vegan I mean, as soon as a new documentary comes out everyone's that, on you it. know like game changes <laughs> and you know and it even and even that got me thinking well maybe I should be doing a bit more plant-based and then then I'm doing more research I'm following you know you know well-accredited doctors and then think, oh okay that's so it's it's really hard for, I find it very hard and I live and breathe it I love it yeah so what is the average consumer's uh, chance got you know they're yeah. just they're just bombarded with information and it's like what do you take and it's not like they're seeing a lot of the information you see on diets like fad diets there's advertisement for this advertisement for that it's like you're just going to get lost in this world of quick easy fixes which yeah. isn't how it works you can't just have that quick easy fix you can't have that diet where you lose 40 kilos in two months and then expect it to be sustainable okay. well i'm glad you said and be sustainable at the end yeah. of that because i can make a big person drop that much yeah like that no problem um but um it's funny because every because people they enter any diet eating a normal western's diet and then they you know processed food high in sugar which is you know, high in you know mm. like hidden sugars and then they, you do any diet keto diet vegan what do they all have in common they eliminate all sugars yeah. so then they you know as soon as they start losing all this weight they go well i'm on this diet and i've lost all this weight no joke you have no. because you've eliminated these things and so that's why when you actually look at it you go if you have a balanced diet ref, mm. you know take away those refined sugars processed foods no. you're going to be on a pretty good track and providing you're balancing your calorie intake mm. you, you know you're um you're on a you're on a good wicket and that, that goes to sustainability yeah. i can i love my kangaroo i love my stir fry vegetables with olive oil i put heaps of olive oil and yeah. nuts and so it's flavorsome yeah. and i can eat that every day because it tastes nice it's not steamed broccoli with cauliflower and, yeah. and, a, and a dried chicken's roast <laughs> you know like no no yeah, no. yeah well me personally, I've started uh, getting back into my diet a little bit more better. And uh, one of the things that I used to do, because I used to be a bit bigger. I'm not as big as what I am now, but I used to eat a lot of uh, protein and uh, carbohydrates. And when I really started to investigate what, how much protein we really should be eating, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, is that if you've got... 75% of the body body weight being muscle, then you've got 22% of the muscle itself as actual protein and then 70% of it water and that means 8% of other raw matter. So if we're consuming high amounts of protein, what is it that actually happens? Well, it's just going to become another thing for a carbohydrate to be used. And the worst part about over synthesizing on protein is that it's got an x so it's similar to c carbohydrates it's got the carbon hydrogen and oxygen and then for a protein it's got that nitrogen additive so when your body uses it for a actual carbohydrate it has to rid the nitrogen through the kidneys out of to like get rid of and that can have like a bad effect on in terms of like getting rid of it and damaging your organs and stuff. So I feel like for me, when it came to actually eating a correct amount of protein, I went from eating around 150 to 180 a day to only eating about 80 and still actually seeing progression hmm. and noticing that my body was able to stay leaner and I was still functioning better. And if you look at it from the perspective of, okay, if your protein is around 20 to 25% of your everyday diet, 
and then you've got 60 to 65% carbohydrates and then about 10 to 15% of the uh, fats. If your intake has to be 1.5 or 2 grams of protein per body weight and it adds up to 150 to 180 for someone like my weight, which is 70 kilos, and if that's going to be 25%, that means for the carbohydrates, which needs to be 60%, needs to be around 600 grams of carbohydrates and that is a large quantity of carbohydrates and if you're overeating in protein as well and if your body doesn't need exactly as, as much as what you think it needs then you're only adding to more of those carbohydrates and then just building up this waste of carbo- of energy that gets stored on the fat hmm. and uh, I feel like one of the main things that I notice with a lot of people especially when I talk to them is that the, the protein is always so high. And if that's going to fit into the range of 20 to 25% of your diet, and then you've got 60 to 65% of carbohydrates, and you're pushing your protein, then you're just ending up with this massive surplus of what it is that you really need. So when I started actually involving these types of diets, I noticed that I was able to bring my weight down and actually still function quite good in my head. So that for me, I feel like nutrition uh, has been a bit, what's that word? Like, uh, it's proteins, uh, uh, nutrition's had its name tarnished, especially with uh, protein, because protein is probably one of the best supplements sold on the market. So they've always like, advertised, like, you need to push for more protein and shit. And I feel like that's really developed this big misconception. Do you feel like you can relate in terms of what I'm coming across as? Uh, well, my... Well, uh, nutrition is a very big rabbit hole. I'm learning about that still to this day and I'd, I'd probably like to go to uni and actually do four years mm. study of it because um, I'm always learning and experimenting on myself. Like I always I hear something right, that has some merit. Mm. I'll try it on myself. I never give nutritional advice at the gym. I, yep. I refer them to a person who's quali- fully qualified. So if someone is genuine... And, uh, and wants to lose weight, I'll, I can talk to them about what I, works for my body hmm. because my genetic makeup is going to be totally different to yours. And so I um, will refer them to a nutritionist and they, w- they should sit there and then, you know, a good one will look at your, your blood work and then w- work out what your deficiencies are and, um, and work out your target and all that stuff. And then they'll be able to refine what you like to eat and all that stuff and then give you a program accordingly. So they... That's what I'll be doing um, if I was really serious about it. I can help them with the training. But me personally, um, I've always gone by the two grams um, per, per body weight. Okay. So um, for me, I'm, I can try to consume around 200 in a day, but no more than 40 to 50 grams per, per, per meal. Yep. And I don't eat anything before about 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I, I intermittent fast. Yeah. Um, and... When that was coming up, I thought, oh, here's, here's another fad. Yeah. Da, da, da. <clears throat> it's uh, actually I, really good. Sorry? It's really good for oh, for, for me, mm. again, I'm, that disclaimer, for me, it's fantastic. Like, I'm, I'm lean. My mental focus is really good. And I used to wake up and have porridge every day. I love porridge or oats or something like that. And But now I wake up. The first thing I do is have a big glass of water, rehydrate the brain, gets your, you know, scatty rhythm going, everything, blah, blah, blah. And then... I'll have 
a cup of coffee while I'm getting my, all my stuff ready for work and then I'll have another cup of coffee while I'm have shower and all that stuff and then I'll go to the gym and then I'm drinking water and then at 11 o'clock then I'll have my three eggs and a protein shake so yeah. I get my mm-hmm. you know 50 grams of protein bam right in the start yeah. of the day and then I'll train and then I'll then I'll start eating after that yeah. so people will always see me sitting at the back eating my kangaroo and vegetables yeah. <laughs> so, but I love that part of the day so yeah. sitting, especially when I'm sitting out in the sun getting that vitamin D so yeah, yeah so the, I have a different approach I have actually quite high protein high fats you know okay. when I say high fats it's not Maccas it's you know, you <laughs> good know fats. At, yeah good for avocado I'll have an avocado every day love avocado yeah um and almonds and nuts and you know olive yeah. oil on everything love I also it. just remember you're like a lot taller and probably a lot heavier than me as well. <laughs> well I'm about yeah. 92 at the moment yeah. about 92 so when I'm 95 is my favorite I got to 100 once and uh, went to jiu-jitsu and it was like lasted two rounds or what nah yeah, <laughs> I need yeah. a cardio. <laughs> Extra five kilos weighs on you, literally. Yeah, literally. that was that was one thing because I did nutrition through year eleven and twelve in high school, and I remember <clears throat> the teacher one day just turns around and says to us, "Look, nutrition's a very evolving subject. There's a lot going on. There's new things coming out every day." She said, "There might even be a good chance that half the stuff we've learned through this course." may not even be relevant in a couple of years. Yeah, 100%. And it's like, there's just so much going on. And like, even with the whole liver thing, I read a thing the other day that was going on about protein consumption and to do with liver damage. Because they were like, well, oh, sorry, kidney damage, sorry. And apparently in the study, they are like, if you have pre-existing kidney damage, it can be really detrimental to your health. Okay. Whereas if you don't have any pre-existing damage, your kidneys are actually able to adapt to the increase in protein, whereas the problem is if they're already damaged, they can't make the adapt like they okay. can't adapt to it. But then I'm like, but then that that's another thing that's changed. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> nutrition's such a complex area. And it but then it also lends itself to the whole idea of fads because it's like, well, it's a new development in nutrition. And it's like, well, this new thing you have to try. It's the next best thing. It is what it is. Like this is the future of nutrition. And it's like, well, Let's just let's just calm down for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and like, 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 yeah, you can try it, but don't expect that all because someone says it's the holy grail, you've come across the holy grail. I'll tell you, the holy grail is reduced processed foods yes. and sugar. Yeah. That's it. And that's another thing, another misconception that I find slightly annoying is the idea it's like, if I eat lots of fat, that's what's making me gain the most weight. Because it's, and this was something we learned in nutrition as well. It's like, it's called body fat. So people think it's fat. Mm. Whereas for the most part, it's not actually fat. It's adipose tissue, which is just storage of sugar yeah. on your body. And yeah. the, you can't interswap the One can't become the other. Yeah, yeah. So if it's not fat and it can't be turned into fat, well then cutting out fat, isn't going to be the thing that gets rid of that. Yeah. And it's been built around that conception as well. Yeah, and that's it. And you know, I'm pretty sure from what... This may be wrong. I may be lying. (laughs) I'm not Wikipedia. But from what I remember, it had to do with Coca-Cola. And because they had needed research done into the amount of sugar and diabetes and things like that. And they came to the conclusion that fat is what made you gain weight, not sugar. (laughs) 
And so then from that point onwards, it was like fat's the bad guy. It was reduced fat, yogurt, reduced yeah. fat, this, yeah. reduced fat, everything. My favourite is 99% fat-free lollies. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, wow. I was, I was so worried about the fat. Those healthy things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just love eating lollies and they help uh, me lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and that, like, that was another thing. I was like, well, and it was only like, in terms of the history of food, only relatively recently that it's been like, okay, well, maybe that's not the case. Yeah. And so now it's like, well, now sugar's the enemy, but yet, and, and also the term body fat is like for someone who knows nothing about nutrition or has never been to a gym or anything like that, would it, the, the only logical conclusion <laughs> to come to is be like, well, it's fat. So that's making me fat. <laughs> I've got a cut. The fat, yeah, and I thought, yeah, that that one particularly annoys because it's just like it's a little bit mischievous, yeah, yeah, it, it's, and like I said, it's a it is a rabbit hole, um, you know, and now I'm discovering. I just read a book, and um, Dr. Stephanie Mine, she's a, a female specialist, and I and I listened to her podcast. And I thought, man, I just she speaks to females in a layman's terms, but I'm actually loving listening to it because yeah. I've got female clients myself. Yeah. So I thought, what's a better way to understand? A female and function of a female mm. then actually read about the female by and listen to this lady and she's amazing and i just and i finished reading her book and my goodness uh, i'm glad i'm a male <laughs> <laughs> you know i really empathize with yeah. females and and i understand and now i and and i'd pass that knowledge on to my clients you know like i say you know because some of them will say oh, i'm just not feeling it like, i had a client on monday and she was pushing five kilos more and um, even though we're doing still 12 repetitions she was just blitzing the power. And I said, well, your cycle is always changing. You are going to have a strong week in your mm. cycle. You're going to mm. be like, what's going on? Yeah. And we call it her roid week. You know? <laughs> we, joke, we joke about it now. Yeah. And um, and then she'll have a bit of a fluctuation. Well, I'm not feeling it. It's because your body's always changing. Yeah. Females always change. Guys are easy to change. Yeah. You know, you do some blood work. Oh, yeah, okay. That's a bit low. It's just do, 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 do. Yep. They're easy to fix. Females have got lots going yeah. on. Yeah, lots going absolutely. On. <laughs> And uh, that's why we like to get into these these discussions. Uh, it's a bit political, but in the terms of uh, there's no difference between female and male, but it's just like there's a lot oh. of differences, a lot but, of differences. Don't but, don't even put down how much girls have to go through in terms of like everything that males don't have to worry about. Oh, 100%. And especially this, this garbage about how, um, you know, men entering female sports i'm all for fake people oh, doing what they want to do with their body i'm all and that i respect that but when they start competing in that environment it's like well you can change physical attributes but i'm sorry but you, even if you're suppressing your testosterone your yeah. testosterone levels are going to be higher absolutely i mean what, as that. the average the average man has testosterone levels 20 to 30 times higher than the average female well, yeah, I mean, and even if you suppress it, I mean, you're still going to be high. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, know? you read it, you listened to a book. I listened to, there was a book called Testosterone, which was written, oh, I can't remember the author's name. She's a, a hormone researcher. But she was pro uh, the other side. Yeah, she, she was. Be- so when, before writing this book, she was like, yeah, you know, sports should be intermingled like genders, blah, blah. And um, then as she did, was getting more and more into it, she was like, oh, okay, well, maybe not. And especially like... It starts off with a lot of animal stuff and like basing testosterone, how it changes the performance between certain types of animals and things like that. And then it starts to go more into humans. And it was just like the amount of difference just growing up with testosterone, even if like you can get to adulthood and then like suppress it if you want. But at that point, it's too late. Like 
your, your bone structure, everything. It's all different. It's, it's almost two completely different animals. I mean, you take, uh, I think, what was it? Serena Williams, world's greatest female tennis player, in my opinion. I remember she was having an interview. Oh, I can't remember who it was with, but they were talking about like, where do you think you would rank on the men's tennis circuit? She goes, I wouldn't want to play the men's tennis circuit. And they're like, well, what do you mean? She's like, it's a completely different game. She's like, it's, it, it's harder, it's faster, it's all these other things. They're like, but you're the world's great. And she's like, yeah, but you don't understand. When you're on the court, it's very different. Mm. And, I'm, and, and then especially like combat sports and things like that, I'm like, mm, look, it's nice to want to strive for equality, but that's an area where I'm like, no. Yeah. Because if you're doing it trying to empower women, now all you're doing is allowing a bunch of men to beat women. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> it kind of goes against what you're trying to do. And my argument towards that is, is that you're hearing about all these uh, males beating females in these sports. But have you heard the yeah. opposite? <laughs> yeah. Like, is the opposition I haven't doing heard of a same? transgender coming last. No. no. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, but well, even uh, like a, a woman who becomes a man, then winning a male's like event. Exactly. That's what I'm, it's oh, like, yeah, 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 even well, if you boost, true. because yeah. you've grown up without, because you've grown up and you've been structured without the testosterone. That's it's, even if you were to pump, pump yourself to the gills with testosterone, it's too late. Yeah. Like this was the thing this book was going in. It's like your bone structure, everything. It's just not there. So even if you were to pump yourself to the gills after <laughs> puberty with testosterone, it's still not going to be the same and thing. Would, and it would slightly um, flag on the testing. And, and, <laughs> and you know, also, <laughs> they, if it isn't the hulking mass. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, it's just well, like a Sadhguru said, we're just a chemical where we're, we're walking chemical warehouses. Yeah. So it's just everything that we are is just it's chemical just reaction, yeah. chemical reaction, all this and that. So. Yeah, it's, that, yeah. That, I made my mind up on that topic. We're not going to go any further <laughs> yeah, yeah. into that. <laughs> um, but what I, another question I want to ask is, how would you say that people's overall personalities, personalities progress as they begin to see results and oh. make the gym and a healthier lifestyle a part of their day-to-day life? Because oh, from people, when they first walk into like a couple years and down the track and how they are then and there. Um, those who persist with it choose a sustainable path they don't look back and that's funny it's good that you asked that question because that's the most rewarding part of the job because you know i've got people at the gym and they constantly thank you so much thank you so much now i'm under 100 kilos or thank you for and then you helped me do this and then it's like no i've got to keep putting it back on them well there's one rocking up they're doing the work you know i'm giving the bit of guidance um and i'll push you in class if you want it but you're the one who's doing the work so yeah they're Mentally, they, they just change because their confidence grows. They have a bit of a skip in their step. Um, it, the posture's better. Like, yeah, this is, it's a massive transformation and, and that's the best part of the job is when you're actually seeing people changing for the better. Yeah. yeah I'm not uh, selling lollies. People <laughs> <laughs> walking, get bigger and bigger. And yeah. I was like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, but uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. Uh, the main thing I think is really important, not just for like the health, uh, the physical health side of things, but for the mental side of things, it's really important that we uh, get people going in the right directions in terms with uh, progressing into their lives. Uh, I feel like with the whole whole idea of trying to make everything acceptable, despite the fact that it is considerably wrong for some things, 
such as putting on weight and then making everyone accept it. And then it just it just hides the fact that people are actually struggling with themselves and the mental side of things when they actually start doing what is really right everything begins to change the way they view reality the way they handle themselves in social situations that is one of the big big things that i think that people need to progress it doesn't need to be in a gym it can be in just hopping into a social environment where it's just like there will be progression Mm. but the gym is one of those things where people get healthier they get stronger and confidence really kicks in oh yeah so after every workout you get that release of endorphins i mean in the class, people are like, oh, if I'm dragging out the assault bike, oh, everyone jokes and, and hates my guts. But they walk out with like, that was good. Yeah. That was good because they're, they're having that rush, you know, like a sense of achievement. And also it's just a general release in their body. Yeah. And um, yeah, and the mental gain is is huge. It's huge. And I mean, I know for someone who lives and breathes, I, if I don't exercise or I can't, if I'm, you know, if I can't get to the gym for for whatever reason i'm cranky you know it does have it has a i know how positive effect it has on me so it's when it's taken away from me it's it's not nice so it's crazy to think that like to begin with because when people first start you know you go to the gym you're like, oh and then you know you drag yourself back into it and it's like oh you know i don't feel it. and then you drag yourself back and then by the end of it it's the other way around yeah it's like i didn't go i didn't go to the gym god damn it yeah, 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 and yeah. so you get cranky and then yeah. when you're in the gym you're like yes <laughs> and it's it's crazy how if you know like the feeling you get from doing it, it's a positive feedback loop it's like it just gets to the point where you just you gotta do it yeah you do it again, again, again as long as it's sustainable as long as it's yeah. sustainable yes, yes. and yes. and uh, and it's even harder to this today you know one thing that you, people always say I haven't got time I haven't got time and then yeah. you say what's your favourite show on Netflix oh shit oh, <laughs> I love this and this yeah. well you have got time Yeah. I mean I don't watch much TV because I'd rather be doing stuff for yeah. my life um, our bodies are designed to move yeah. explore have fun um, it's not to sit on in my opinion it's not designed to be sitting on the couch and being fed all these streaming services and yeah. Uber Eats we're, you know, we're really funneling down this lifestyle and now we've got this metaverse coming where, you know, people can go home. And I and it's dangerous because I can see how addictive it will be. Like people are having a shit day at work um, that they, they, they don't like the way they look. You know what? Escape. I'm going to put the, yeah, it's, it's complete escapism. I'm going to put these VR goggles on just like in that Player One, yeah. Ready Player One movie. And then they become whoever they want to be yeah. and then they socially interact and then... When it's time to go to bed, they go out and then they do their shit job that they hate, yeah. and, and that'd be that vicious cycle. And I'm really concerned about that. Those kind of things are future. I mean, what you got unlimited streaming services. You don't have to leave your home anymore. You don't have to yeah. go to the video shop. You don't have to go out to get food. You can, um, you know, you don't even need a car. You just, you know, you can get an Uber anywhere. Yeah. You know, you can go on. On, uh, it's just, it's 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 scary, man. It's a vicious cycle. It this is, is exactly why we've decided to start actually doing such a podcast because it was only about a year ago or so. Because Josh and I have it really well before they stopped us listening to stuff at work. Uh, we we had a, we've got a real, we had a really good job in terms of being able to like listen to music and podcasts and audible audiobooks and all those types of things. So when we first started like getting to know one another at work. What was happening was that, like, I was a bit of a conspiracy nut and he was very real, like, truthful about the situation. 
and uh, we'd get into these little debates and arguments and in the end I ended up reading like a lot more books on to because I wanted to prove him wrong <laughs> in the end I went up to him and I was like maybe I'm the problem <laughs> and then like after that it was just like after going further and further into that the, the, those ideas and understanding them more I began to look at my reality of just coming to work all the time and just exhausting myself of all this bullshit of like not wanting to be there but the thing that I've employed personally onto my to the way I think is I look back at what humans probably were doing about a thousand years ago and look at it from that perspective because everything that is on the outside is within as well within without out within so if we're going to look at our situation as not as good as we're wanting it to be then we're not being truthful to ourselves we need to understand that if it is that we've discovered this path or that that we're on this path and it's not going anywhere it's just like am i doing anything to help it is my job shit because i don't understand the benefits of it and i i think that when i started like because i didn't want to be picking boxes for eight hours every day six days a week but then i understood it it's just like i'm a part of helping people get food onto their plates each day i'm part of uh, this huge economic system that has continued to develop over time and when I look at it, it's just like what, the way we were living just 50 years ago, the poorest person today lives like the richest man 50 years ago. Oh, 100%. And I think that we have tarnished this idea of thinking that we deserve more and all this like, oh, we shouldn't have to be working, we should be, ever, the government should pay for this and that. And it's just like, no, because where does this incentive come from to actually do better? If you're, give, if you're given money, if you're given uh, streaming services, Facebook, all these types of things for cheap prices or practically for free, then it's just like, what incentive do you have to do better for yourself? So I feel like for people that are in these situations that are like, instead of changing my environment to see that what I'm doing is right or that what they're doing is wrong and just accepting that this is your environment and just learn to love it or try to improve in on it. And that's the same with similar to the gym and all those types of things. It's just like you don't feel like you're doing good enough at the gym. What is it that you could be doing that could be better? You don't want to be at the gym. What could make it better? You don't like your job. What can you do? Make it better. Get another job. We have so much freedom and so much abundance of resources to be able to do whatever it is that we want to do with our lives. We are very, very fortunate to have this day and age. We are quite literally the most fortunate people in history. We, you cannot name another time on planet Earth where we were this fortunate. And if we keep pushing it with what your, which, what is it, the existential vacuum of uh, objects yeah. and things that make us feel better, then we're going to start becoming worse off we need to suffer in order to benefit our environment needs to break us to make us 100 percent. we need that, to keep well, going that's how i grew when i was young girls when i was um, 18 uh, i was living in the granny flat with my mum oh well she was living in the main house i was living in the granny flat loving life because uh i didn't pay rent she, you know she looked after me in that regard and uh went up to the house for meals all the money that I made was spent on alcohol on the weekend. I was like, yeah. how good is this life? Yeah. You know? Then my mum goes, oh, I'm going to go to move to Tasmania. I was like, um, 
Um, I, I don't want to go. And she goes, oh, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Yeah. And then, um, and that was, and I went through huge adversity. And you often hear that adversity makes you strong. And, and I 100% agree. And that was a blessing in disguise because from that, you know, all of a sudden I didn't have money. All of a sudden I've had to have two jobs to pay for rent and get myself through uni. And then I became better with money. And so if I didn't have those struggles, I'd, I'd be, be here. Why would, yeah. I, why would I leave a granny flat? Rent, rent free and meals paid for. I'd just be like cruising on through life, yeah. you know. And um, and that's, yeah, and adversity is like when you struggle, you become better. And I 100% agree with that. And that, that's, that goes through like the gym. Like if, if your heart rate is getting up and you're breaking over 150 and you're like, oh, this is shit. Well, guess what? That's good for you. Yeah. You know, when, to a certain degree, like you're, depending on your fitness level and everything. But you go, adversity makes you strong. It gets, if you, like, if you, like someone might say, oh, it's, 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 oh, I'm feeling hot in the gym, you know? Well, that's good because when your car breaks down, it's 40 degrees and you've got to wait for the RAA, you're not going to be as bad. Mm, Look absolutely. at it that way. Yeah. So it can, it's, it's, it's find, toughening you up. Find yeah. a meaning behind your suffering. 100%. There's always a meaning for it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think the problem is a lot of people look at suffering as a zero-sum game. It's only taking something from me. Yeah. How am I gaining anything out of this? Whereas it's not until later on in the future where you find yourself in a, simp- a situation where an aspect of what you went through in the past yeah. comes back to help you that you go, actually, you know what? Maybe it was a good thing I did that. Yeah, been mm. there, done that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not Absol- as hard the second time. Absolutely, absolutely. It's um, and like you said, the environment that we live in today is so accommodating and so generous, and mm. uh, no less and less people are experiencing genuine hardship. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. I mean, the way our economy is moving forward is elimination of all struggling. Mm. If you can eliminate a struggle, well, then there's money to be made. Yeah, we're noticing that the peak. We've reached the peak on how much, how little struggle we actually have to face. And it's just like now we're looking for things to change. And it's just like everything that we had before was based off of wanting to get out of our situation. Now, when we're no longer in these horrible situations, what's next? Yeah. Well, nothing. Because it was mainly after World War One and Two. These were the things that drove innovation, uh, technology advances, uh, the economy to grow so, so great. And now we've like got to this point where like people just don't know how how good they've got it, and it's just like we need to change this, we need to change that, and it's just like, hang on, these are the things that actually got us here. We can't keep we can't keep like doing the like changing all these things and expecting good results. We need to have some type of fucking painful situations in our lives to make sure that we keep going with this. Yeah. So that's my that's my view on that type of thing is that. Even in the gym, you gotta you gotta you gotta put yourself in uncomfortable situations because it's that oh, yeah. situation where you actually progress. Yes. And when you get out there after you've struggled through your situations, you no longer look at yourself as someone that is a subordinate to someone greater than what you could, someone that's you think better than you. No, you you will start to see yourself as an opponent, a competitive person against that person. And go, I'm actually worth something. And I feel that deep down. And I'm going to keep pushing so that way I become more. Mm. This is like uh, people that have the pictures of, uh, let's say, Michael Jordan on their wall. They're playing basketball and they just keep getting better and better. And they might end up in the bar in like a huge league. It might be like Mike. Yeah, it might <laughs> be like Mike. 
So, I'm, okay, we say this, but the problem is there's a big wall of something that's in the way of getting to that feeling. Plan, prepare, and expect, motherfucker. <laughs> Suffer. And the thing is, but the thing is, we have this mindset. Whereas, if you just see the big wall of suffering, it's like, well, why would I needlessly suffer? Yeah. That just seems dumb. Mm. Because if, and this is the thing, especially if the world keeps going forward the way it is, there will never be a situation where you will get the opportunity to have to do that. Because if it's always comfort, 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 and then there's optional struggle, well, no. Why would I do that? For what? That's right. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like from a logical standpoint, if you do not have the mindset or have not experienced otherwise, and comfort has always worked, I mean, you're still alive and all you've done has been in comfort. You may not be living the best life, but you're still alive. Would it not be logical for that person? And it's not the right thing to do, but it would be the logical thing to do to continue towards that comfort. Oh, 100%. It's, so, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like human you, nature. Look for the easy way out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you need situations where suffering is not an option. Yeah. It's the only option. We've we've uh, we've uh, found a new thing that we're suffering with today, and that is we're getting what it is that we need in terms of being comfortable, but now we're faced with the reality of not being able to handle what goes through the goes through our heads, and this is the one thing that I was walking this morning actually, and the thoughts that I used to have was me. Now I'm having to face the thoughts that were me as a critic of me because I've turned away from that ideal, that view of the way I should see things. And now I'm having to face myself and these struggles. And now because I've had to like face myself, no longer, no longer putting that thing that I was facing into reality and I see which is wrong, that I begin to, that thing that which was facing on reality has turned to me and started tormenting me that I've had to begin tormenting it back to understand. <laughs> that internal dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> I've had to learn how to like grow bigger than myself. Mm. And there comes a time where I might just have to face that new per- new person that I've become to keep growing. And that's the thing with this mental mental state is that we have to continuously progress, not just in our environments, but mentally as well. Um, and this goes a lot hand in hand with what it says in uh, religions and stuff. Mother Teresa was big on these types of things. It's about, it's not just about facing the world without, but the world within. Um, And if we're finding ourselves deserving of more and more comfort, then this thing that is creating us will begin to deteriorate the world. Just have a look at what it is that you're doing. Face that thing that which, which you are and see how you like it. See how, it makes you feel having to face that person that you are becoming. It's not pretty. <laughs> it's tormenting. Mm. And uh, that's where people begin to become so uh, mentally unstable is when they understand that what they're doing is wrong and then that thing turns on itself and then it's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and you have to actually start doing something now because you have to make a new person of yourself. <laughs> but you know it would be a good avenue to seek a little bit of voluntary suffering? Yeah. The gym. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, it could be anything. That, yeah, it could be the gym. It could be uh, simply walking up that hill that you live behind. Cold shower. Okay, yeah, cold shower. Yeah, it, you know, 
Just something, something to throw you off a little yeah, bit. You know? yeah. Be like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I suffer every time I go on the mats in jujitsu. Oh, like, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm on the sideline, exhausted. Like, oh, that's tough, and you walk off beaten up. You know, but I get that rush. I, I love it. Yeah. And but over the years, it's made me a better individual. Yeah. You know, I'm used to adversity now. Like, you, it's hard to break me. Like, I, I, there's certain things. It's like, oh, I can't be bothered. I'm, I'm only human. But if I'm on that assault bike, I just try and just think like. You know, what's my other person going to be doing? Yeah. You know, like, and that, and I push myself. Like, are they going to push themselves as hard as me? And that thrives. I thrive on that. Yeah. I thrive on that. I was, so. I've, I've been thinking for like the past year that I want to start jujitsu. I've just oh. been wanting to do it, but <laughs> do I just, it, do it today. Today. We, got, we got plenty <laughs> of floor space, right? <laughs> yeah, <boys. that's> right. <laughs> Working nights makes it so hard because I, most of, the, most of them that I've looked at were like around six o'clock to eight o'clock, and I'm not going to be at work. Yeah, that, that would be hard for you. Yeah. I know there's a new one. There's an armor just around here. That's yeah, that's, was, that's the one I've been looking and at. Jesse's, yeah. he's um, he's 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 a good instructor. He's I've a good, seen good some good uh, uh, reviews on it, so I was yeah. just like, oh, it's I a good, might check out that yeah, one. Yeah, it's good culture there too. Like they're, they're not idiots. Okay. Um, pretty much. I mean, I'd rate to say our club, but it's a, it's a Holden Hill. Yeah, uh, progressive, but that um, you got to find a place that fits. You know, and it, it's like a gym. Mm. You know, you you walk in. You'll train, and you'll and you'll either spark up some good conversations with people, or you'll have a role with someone in spa session, and then they they might they'll probably manhandle you a bit, yeah. not, shouldn't hurt you, and then they'll explain what happened. Yeah, you know? and that's, that's cool. what that's what a good club should do. Like you you uh, you have an appreciation, you know. It's like when I when I roll him, you know, Declan is the one, he's the best probably in Australia. You know, I train with him every fortnight, and he's half my age, and. Uh, we go roll five minutes and then he tells me where I went wrong <laughs> <laughs> and then we roll again. But, you know, and, but I, I love it. Like yeah. it's people, well, well, get back to like adversity. Why would I drive down from my house down to Brighton, pay him for an hour, drive home after getting beaten up? Like, <laughs> what makes any sense? Like it's easy to say, look, I'm just going to save myself 80 bucks, hundred bucks, save myself three hours and save myself some humility. Right? <laughs> Whereas, but I always walk away, you know, yeah, I didn't, he beats me all the time, but I learn, Yeah, I learn from it. And then I, and it just grows me as an individual. And, and that's why I throw, I love that adversity, you know. And that's also another part of suffering as well. Cause it's like, you could, you could surround yourself with people that are not as good as you. hundred yeah, percent. And you would be the best in the room. Yeah. yeah. But would you learn anything? No, you're not going to grow. No. You're not going to grow. And one day those people below you might just outgrow you. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like. And they are like <laughs> people in that club. They've been training for a few years, and they're just like, because yeah. they're sucking all your um, all your skills and like asking all the questions, and they're doing all the right things. What yeah. I'd be doing, but um, it's like that thing with chess. The oh, I don't know what book it was. It was uh, going on about this guy. He was like forties, having to face a fifteen-year-old chess master, and they're like, "Oh, you've got plenty of experience. You're going to beat him." He's just like, "No." Yeah, he's read all my books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna beat me. <laughs> he knows everything that I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's very humbling getting done by when you 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 are dead sure like for yourself. If you look at you know you're in a competition, you're looking at going sizing out, going or what you know. One time you're looking at guys, oh, he's got tattoos. He's pretty pretty jacked. He's gonna be a tough one. And then you you man, you think, well, that was. That was good. I did well. I cleaned him up. But then you come up across a kid, you know, and wiry kid, 16, you think, oh, I'm going to walk through this, dude. Uh, and guess what happens? <laughs> <laughs> you get humbled big time, you know. That's happened to me before in comps where 
it, it's but that's great because I didn't walk away. Oh, this is shit. This sport. I go, man. I, I taught. I you know. I always learn from my losses. Yeah. Um. I I love competing. I should always shit myself because yeah. it's it's you know it's an intense situation. You you want to win just as much as the other guy, but it's always going to be a loser. But I've always always learned from them. You know, yeah. like oh, I won't do that particular move again, or I'll study that particular area of of the game. And the thing more. is, yeah, even though you lost, you still won. Yeah, I know, and that, and it's so cliche, and everyone says that all the time. You don't win, you don't win and lose. You win and learn, but yeah. it is legit. Yeah, it is yeah. legit. Absolutely. Before we like wrap it up and stuff, I sort of want to go into uh, that that thing again where people say they don't have a lot of time for people that are going to be listening. Uh, if you're someone that this is my side of how I view weight training. If anyone is actually interested in gaining more strength and uh, gaining more mass, uh, Mike Mensah and Dorian Yates were like one of my key. I, I used to read a lot of people, uh, a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of Arnold, uh, heaps of people, because I did it for a few years before I, I quit for a year. And uh, the the year before I quit, I started researching about Mike Mensah's uh, and Dorian Yates technique and only training for once a week because I do one Tuesday will be deadlifts, chest, triceps for one set. So I'm in the gym for about 30 minutes. And then the next Tuesday will be uh, squats, bent over rows and uh, biceps. So in terms of like uh, being able to progress, you don't actually need to be in the gym a whole lot. Uh, you can quite be quite literally go in there for once once a fortnight uh, train a body part a fortnight, go go hammer and tongs, get some real strength and walk out and stuff. I find that's probably the best thing that I have come across is pushing that one day really, really, really hard. <laughs> it fucks me up for like four to five days. But yeah. uh, in terms of time and shit, I've got so much time. I, can, I don't feel shit all the time to like not have to stretch before bed every, uh, bed every night. So... If anyone's interested in those types of things, Mike Mensah and Dorian Yates were my my guys. My yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also halfway through Frank Zane's book at the moment. He's oh, got yeah. he's um got a book. That, um, I've just yeah, well, about halfway through. He can he's uh, this one's a compilation of all his literature, and um and you can tell because in some chapters it, it repeats a story yeah. of what's in a previous chapter. But so that wasn't greatly edited, but. But yeah, that's got some good nuggets in it. Yeah, it's got some good nuggets, and I think you can handpick, you know, like you said, from Dorian Yates, and you can you can learn from many. Yeah, many absolutely. guys. It's yeah. just like the uh, chess kid. Just read everyone's book. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> get but better it, than. But it's also interesting to like what made me pick up Frank Zane's book is the fact that I listened to him on a podcast, and he, the dude is you know in his eighties now. And he looks and amazing he's, still, and he's still walking five miles a day. And then I um. And, and he's still moving and enjoying life with his wife. And so I thought, well, he's in his 80s. He trained pretty hard. I'm going to read this guy's book yeah. and see how he trained because I want to be training in my 80s. He's uh, made it know. sustainable. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and that's what I'm, I mean. One thing you've got to take in consideration with these guys is that they did use supplements, which I wouldn't condone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've got to have that in the formula of working out what's going to work for yeah. you as well. Um, but uh, he... Yeah, so and I'm and I'm picking out some good nuggets and, and then I'll pass them on to other people. You know, like, this yeah. is what I think should you should do. This is what I'm doing now. It's helping me. 
Um, that's what I love about being my age in the gym is that people can't come in and say, oh, when I was, that's all right, when I'm in my 20s, I can do that. But oh, so that's past me now. And yeah. then I say, well, I'm older than you by a couple of years, actually. And they go, what? So I go, what's your next excuse? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah that's always the case, isn't it? All right. Thanks, guys. That's all right. Good. All right, we'll finish it up. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and the YouTube channel. And until next time, thank you. Catch you later. Ciao.